Welcome to Startup Hacks, a We Global podcast. We explore the stories and secret strategies that women entrepreneurs use to save time and money when bootstrapping and building their businesses. I'm your host, Fernanda Carapina, and today I'm excited to welcome Samantha Patil. Welcome, Samantha. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Sam is the CEO and co-founder of The Well-Traveled, the first members-only social platform for travelers. Prior to starting Well-Traveled, Sam built her career in consumer tech and marketing. Her previous roles include leadership positions at Pandora, Snap, and most recently, the Dollar Shave Club. Sam's been featured in multiple podcasts and covered in a in various publications such as Adweek and Business Insider. She was also featured in Travel Massive's Top 100 Inspiring Women Travel Founders for 2020. So congratulations, that's wonderful. Thank you, yeah, that was really nice. It's a great uh, community, Travel Massive. That's awesome. Well, I'd like to begin the show by having you, if you don't mind, give us a little bit of your background, your story growing up, you know, how you got into the entrepreneurial world so that our listeners um, can get to know you. Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. So my background is a little unique. So I'm actually, I was actually born in the UK. Um, My father's British, my mom's from New Zealand. So I grew up for kind of the first 10 years or so, 11 years um, in England and eventually moved to the United States. Um, and my dad had traveled throughout most of his career, um, ended up launching his own company in California. And so I kind of got that travel bug really early on. So I spent uh, the early part of my career at Pandora and a few other tech companies um, and Snapchat where I was spending the majority of my time focused on international marketing and business. So I was fortunate enough to get to travel the world um, really early on in my career, which I really loved. And I think you can probably connect the dots to how we got to where I am today with my travel company. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I think my my dad was always really entrepreneurial. Like he um, has had two of his own companies and kind of built his own businesses. So, and again, the travel bug, I think just came from my parents and this international background that they had. And they dragged us all over the place as kids, like, you know, when we were younger. And it, I think it just, it helps broaden your experience of the world. And I like to say, you know, you, I think you learn a lot about other cultures when you travel, but I think what's often really interesting is you tend to learn a lot about yourself as well and, and how you handle different situations and places that, you know, you feel comfortable and what happens when you don't feel comfortable when you're traveling. So I yes. love all, all of that. So, well, that's, yeah. that's fantastic. You know, uh, for some of our listeners who perhaps are considering starting their own business and maybe they're working kind of in a corporate environment currently, would you mind talking a little bit about that transition for you and, you know, what happened to kind of flip the switch and have you think, you know, I think I'm going to leave the security of a corporate job and, and go out on my own? Sure. Yeah. So I'd been, my, most recently I was at Dollar Shave Club um, and again, focused on kind of international marketing and, and travel. And so I'd had this idea for a little while and the idea for the company was really born out of my own frustrations traveling. And so it's something I'd been thinking about for, I don't know, maybe six months or so, a little bit longer. And it just, it was one of those ideas. I've had a lot of ideas for companies. I think some better <laughs> than others. <laughs> None of them had really stick or really stuck. 
um, with this one, I kind of just kept coming back to it. And it was, you know, as cliche as it might sound, like kind of just like a, a gut feeling that I felt like if I don't do this now, it's kind of like a now or never. You know, I'm, um, we don't have kids yet, my husband and I. Like I'd reached a point in my career where I had put in um, enough, you know, years and time to build up. Um, I guess I had enough savings saved up that I could take that, that um, risk, which I think is really important. Um, financially, I think a lot of people can get really swept up and yeah, it sounds really exciting to quit my job and, and launch a company. But at the same time, like you want to make sure that you're in a place where you can do that. Um, so that was really important as well. And I think, you know, my husband, and I just kind of were like, you know, I think this is a really cool idea. I think I talked to a lot of people about it. I did some research and it seemed like something people really wanted. And I felt like I, it, 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 I would have spent the rest of my life regretting it had I not chosen to go for it. Um, and I just think making sure that you are prepared, um, again, financially and that you have the support of, if you have a significant other or your family or whatever, um, cause it's definitely hard. I mean, it's really different than going, waking up every day and kind of like going to a job where you're kind of being told what to do and you have your own, um, responsibilities that are kind of set for you. Whereas when you're starting off at least initially on your own, you kind of have to be in charge of all of that. So, um, it's definitely a really different experience, but I couldn't be happier that I made that choice. And I feel really lucky that I did have um, the support that I needed to, to be able to make that choice as well. And now, how long has it been since you quit your job and, and, and today? Has it been a couple years or a year? It's been a little over a year. So I left, um, I think, towards the end of last year. So just over a year. And so now let's share with the audience what the it is and exactly what your baby is that you created. Yes, of course. So you mentioned earlier, but Well-Traveled is a members-only community for travelers, foodies, and adventure seekers. So the goal is to really help our members find and book places that they actually want to go that have been reviewed and vetted by a community they actually trust. So I think a lot of people have struggled to find, you know, um, travel recommendations because there's kind of this like information overload on the internet, right? Like you start to look for stuff and it becomes really overwhelming really quickly. And so my vision is to really build a solution that is designed for a more modern traveler that, um, someone who is a younger traveler, they're maybe a little more tech savvy, they travel frequently, and they kind of know a little bit more what they're looking for. So instead of kind of like on TripAdvisor, you might find like 20,000 recommendations for a restaurant in Paris, and you're immediately like, okay, I don't even really know where to start there. <laughs> We've kind of whittled that down to a more manageable list. So maybe it's like 30 or 40. Um, and they've all been sourced from our members directly. So the idea is to kind of give people back that power of recommendations from your peers um, that you can then go in and get that feedback from people that you feel like you have a connection with because you're part of this community. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, from there we, Oh, sorry. What was your question? No, I was, I was actually going to ask you, um, are you, you know, oftentimes when, um, when you launch a business, you have a certain target market in mind and it's usually kind of target market version 1.0, right? <laughs> and, and you kind of want to get in there, be successful with that market. And then, you know, in the back of your mind, you say, okay, well, if we get this bucket of people, then we'll expand. 
Um, are you thinking that um, down the road you might expand to other people at different stages in life, um, like, for example, families? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think you're right. I think a lot of startups, you kind of start with your wedge and then expand out because otherwise you can just try to do all things, try to be all things to all people all at once. And that's a lot to try and focus on. So I think the downfall of a lot of startups can be a lack of focus. So for us, you know, I think, again, this is a really big problem for a lot of people finding trusted, relevant travel recommendations and booking their travel. But we decided to focus on essentially modern millennial travelers, mostly because they travel the most, you know, they travel 36 nights out of the year on average. They are spending a lot of money on travel. Um, there's 80 million or so millennials in the U S and 26 million are spending at least $5,000 on their next trip. And they really value and prioritize travel over spending on physical goods. So 70% would rather spend on travel than physical goods. And we heard it's a real pain point for them. So more than 40% are saying that, uh, travel planning is one of their biggest travel stresses and they feel like they don't have the tools, um, to make the decisions that they need to make when they're planning their trip. So we kind of felt like this is an audience that is a captive audience and we should start here. And then yes, absolutely like branch out. And I think there's a lot of room for solutions for other people as well, because I think the biggest issue in this industry is a lot of this stuff hasn't really been innovated on in a long time. Like TripAdvisor has been around a really long time. So has Yelp. So has a lot of these bigger companies. And there hasn't been, in my opinion, a lot of innovation to suit the more nuanced needs of um, today's type of traveler. Yeah, I could not agree with you more. I think it's a <clears throat> huge, huge time commitment when you're trying to plan a trip, especially if you're if it's a special trip um, and if you really want to take the time to make sure there's great food and there's great activities yeah. and there's a great hotel and all of that. Um, and you don't want to get there and feel like, and especially in today's day and age with COVID and the pandemic, you know, everything yeah. is just more complicated. So oh, I would think, I would think that the pain point is, is huge and it would be welcomed by a lot of people. So congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's the COVID has definitely been really interesting. And I think we launched a booking service a few weeks ago, um, which candidly, we were not planning on launching that until next year, just kind of with everything going on. But, you know, we heard from people that they were interested in it. And what I'm seeing and what we're seeing is that, you know, people are traveling They're It's different. It looks a lot different. You know, they're going um, to on domestic vacations or places that are drivable. They're going with like close family versus like large groups, things like that. Um, but, you know, I think that and that, that change of scenery is really important for people and just like their, um, you know, self-care and even just being able to, you know, being being stuck at home for a long time. Like we're not designed to do that. People want to go and explore. So, um, I think, you know, with that, there's a lot of uncertainty that's still out there. And so for us, like we, we, we really want people to feel like, Hey, we got your back. You know, if right. you want to go to this hotel, but they have a two night minimum, like we're going to make that call for you and try to get it to a one night minimum. Or if you have to cancel your plans, like we want to help you with that. Or if you want to know which restaurants have, um, done a really great job with all their COVID best practices and maybe which ones haven't figured it out yet. Like we're, mm. we want to help you out with that. So yeah, trying to take excellent. the uncertainty out of it. Yeah, yeah. that's, uh, that's excellent. Excellent. So, so let's talk now about some of the time and money related issues, um, that are connected with startup hacks. So as I'm sure, you know, you starting out, you're a solopreneur and, 
I, I would love to hear, you know, some of your time management, self-care, kind of competition, software services, you know, leadership, potentially hacks that you used in order to save time and to maximize your dollars so you could extend that runway while you were building the business? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the first one is I, I hired a co-founder. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I started off on my own, but I think, and honestly, I, I was planning, I wasn't planning on bringing on a co-founder, but you know, when I initially came up with the idea, I called Casey, my now co-founder to talk to her about it. Cause she has this like fantastic background in, in membership growth and membership strategy and kind of cultivating communities. And she was so passionate about the project. It made sense um, for her to come and, and join me and build the company. And I was so excited that she decided to do that. Um, so that's been honestly a, um, a huge, and again, like I think a lot of people might think that they don't need a co-founder or they don't necessarily want one, but I would say consider it because it's really nice to have someone who's as invested in the business as I am. And that is comfortable talking about it 24 seven with me because not everybody's going to want to hear about your company all the time. Um, so that's been really nice. Um, obviously not everyone has the ability to get a co-founder or find a co-founder, but, um, finding that person, at least that maybe it's a mentor in some cases that you feel like you can have those ongoing conversations with is a really good outlet because I think eventually you start staring at things for so long and you're just thinking, am I losing my mind here? Am I thinking about this the right way? Like I need another opinion. So, um, that's a big one. Um, I will say I am a big, I'm a, I love audible. I'm a huge fan of Audible. So I listen to a lot of books from different entrepreneurs as well as um, just thought leadership books. And for me, the, t the time when I do that, because I was feeling like I didn't have time to read these books, was in the morning, I you know take my dog for a walk every morning, make my coffee, and I'll listen to these books. And for me, it's a really nice way to, one, just kind of start my day and um, listening to um, other entrepreneurs who have had, you know, a lot of failures and a lot of success and hearing about how they handled those challenges and then being able to apply that to what I'm dealing with that day, potentially. Mm -hmm. um, so I find it a really nice way to just kind of get my head right for, for the day. And there's a few that um, I've really loved. I think I mentioned um, before Drop the Ball by Tiffany, Tiffany Dufu is a great one, specifically for women. I think... It talks about being able to do more by doing less and not feeling like you do have to do everything, mm. um, which I think can be really tough of like, you know, what are the things that you have to do and, and what are the things that maybe someone else could take off your plate, um, I think has been a really big learning for me. Wow. Um, yeah, it's a really good one. And um, another one is Everything is Figureoutable by Marie Forleo. She's just an incredible kind of motivational speaker and I actually have that framed on my desk. It's everything is figureoutable because it's <laughs> one of those things where you, everyone hits a wall at some point and then, you know, just knowing that you can figure it out eventually is, has been really motivating for me. Um, and then I'm currently reading uh, Delivering Happiness by Tony Shea. It's, he's the founder of Zappos, um, which nice. is just all about customer service. And um, I just started it. I'm like a chapter in. So, um, but he obviously built a really incredible company. So that that those kind of things I think are really inspiring and can be a nice light if you're feeling like you're you're stressed or frustrated in your day to day, and helps you think I think more strategically as well. Um, yeah. 
Those are um, three really good book recommendations. Thank you. And what about, I, I recall... Um, I recall you mentioning to me at one point um, some of your time management strategies that were kind of really interesting and yeah. I thought very spiritual, which I think, you know, we could always, we can all use a little dose of, um, of spirituality in our lives. Yeah, definitely. So um, there are a couple of things. I mean, I, I love um, yoga. Um, and so I try to incorporate that at least a few times a week. I think it's really good for your mental and physical state. Um, and even just like exercise in general, I think, um, and I try to make time, I'm a big time blocker. So I try at the beginning of each week or maybe like the Sunday night or something to kind of like look at what I've got going on for the week and try to like block things out within my calendar so that I can feel like I have baked in time for whatever it is that I actually need to do. Some weeks it works better than others, but it's a good like starting point at least so that I can see what's kind of on my plate. Um, And then I try to then block out that time for yoga um, Mm. or running or getting outside and, I found that it's really easy as the day goes on to kind of that takes a backseat to whatever's going on. Um, but if you block it out in the morning, then you're going to do it and you've actually made that time to do it and kind of seeing it on your calendar, I think makes it more real. Um, I know we also talked about in terms of managing stress. Um, I started a gratitude journal around almost a year ago. So it's, um, I think it's called the five minute journal and it really does take, you know, five minutes and I've done it now every day in the morning and the evening since, um, November of last year. So I'm coming up on a year, but it, it, and what it is, is, you know, you wake up in the morning and you say three things that you're grateful for, uh, three things that would make today awesome. And then kind of three positive mantras that, uh, or it doesn't have to be three, it could be a couple. And then in the evening, you come back to it and you say, um, you know, what were three great things that happened today and how could you have made today better? And it's really interesting because a lot of times the three things that I say would make today great, sometimes they happen and sometimes they don't. (laughs) Um, But it's just a really nice way, I think, to frame, again, frame up your mind for the day ahead. And it puts you in kind of a positive headspace of there's a lot of possibility in whatever shape your day may take. Um, and so I think a lot of that, um, setting myself up for, um, success, I guess, for my day, I think really helps. Yeah. Mindset is really critical. Uh, I think a lot of times, um, founders don't give, um, that enough attention and they just plow through the hardcore work. And, um, sometimes your state of mind and how grounded you are and how open you are to creativity and to idea flow can make the difference between something taking five hours and one hour. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think even from reading a lot of these books from other founders, it's like, honestly, kind of the, one of the biggest things is, is your mindset. I think there's a phrase like, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Um, and I think it's really true. A a lot of it is just having that resilience and doing, uh, and being able to wake up every day and be like, I'm going to keep going. Um, so I think where exercise and kind of, you know, meditation, some of those practices come in, I think it can be really valuable for getting your head, um, in that, in that right frame of mind. Yeah. 
I also, um, I recall you mentioning something that I wanted you to share with your listeners because I thought it was um, really good advice. And also, you know, obviously this applies to sometimes the individual. What works for one person doesn't work for everyone. But um, share with our listeners um, the idea of compartmentalizing your day and being um, time and project specific, especially when you were talking about raising capital. Yeah, exactly. So that comes into kind of the time blocking piece where I would set out, you know, a couple hours a day or um, to work on something specific. But I also try to like theme my days. So like today was a big content day for me and a big website day for me. So I had a few different things that I was working on, but it was mostly dedicated to things that had to do with our product and the website. Um, you know, whereas yesterday was more of an email marketing day and I dug into a lot of the emails that we've been sending to customers and whether that's like our drip campaigns or marketing blasts or what our calendar looks like. So I try to kind of, like you said, compartmentalize. So I'm not just running around frantic all day because I do find on the days where, um, I don't do that or make a point to do that. I do feel like I kind of have like one foot in something, like my hand in something else, like I'm doing something of this, but then I don't finish that project and everything just feels a little fragmented. But if I can sit down and be like, okay, Thursday, for example, for the fundraising, like I'm going to dedicate, you know, the first half of this entire day to completely fundraising and everything else has to wait. Um, And I think that that has been really helpful in actually then getting things done because you're not as interrupted. You've committed this amount of time or this day or whatever to actually focusing on this one task and kind of minimizing your email, putting that stuff aside. Um, And I found that it helps me be a lot more productive than trying to do it all in one day. Got it. Well, I think that's excellent advice. So, um, we're starting to run low on time, but I have a few more things that I wanted to run by you. So here, get ready for this question. So if okay. you could if you could wave a magic wand, what one thing that drives you crazy do you wish someone would find a solution for that would help you with your productivity and or your sanity? Mm, that's such a good question. <laughs> you know... I feel like it would have to be something around communication and remote teams. I mean, I think with COVID, like Zoom's been great um, and we use Slack and things like that. But it's always, you know, someone might not be on Slack at the right time. So trying to figure out a way to communicate with people that feels genuine, but also not like invasive. Like I think people are kind of having a little bit of zoom fatigue. Um, so I think if there's a way where it's, I guess maybe it's community building for the workplace. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think Slack does an, an okay job of that. Um, we're just, we're a smaller team. So, um, yeah, I think that would be, um, really, really a positive thing. Got it. Okay, that's a very good one. All right, so lastly, one quick note. If there's an entrepreneur out there listening today that is contemplating starting a business, what one piece of advice would you give him or her that you wish someone had told you? It's a good question. I think I wish someone had told me that it's okay that you don't have everything figured out and that the best thing that you can do is just keep going. Um, I think that I've realized when I have the most success, it's by taking action. 
So even if I don't know if that action is exactly what it's supposed to, to be, but doing something is better than doing nothing. So another um, quote that I really like is don't let perfect get in the way of progress. So I think early on I spent a lot of time trying to make everything perfect and it was at the expense of progress. <laughs> so I think, you know, looking back, there's things that I would have pushed through faster and had them be not perfect um, to get them going and get them out the door and for us to be able to move a little bit quicker. Um, so I think that that is, is more important than having everything all figured out. It's just being willing to take that risk and take that next step and take that action. Nice. Thank you. So thank you, Samantha. This is uh, the end of our show. Thank you for being on Startup Hacks today. Your insight and suggestions were really helpful. If our listeners would like to reach out to you or learn more about your company, where should they go? Yeah, I'm available at Samantha at welltraveledclub.com. It's traveled with one L. Um, Our website is welltraveledclub.com and our Instagram is also at welltraveledclub.com. Well, best of luck with the launch, growth, and huge success with your platform. Thank you for joining Startup Hack. Tune in next week for more interviews. We have another great show you won't want to miss on the secret female founder strategies that can save you time and money when building your business. This podcast is brought to you by Women Entrepreneurs Global, the first startup studio and digital do-it-yourself startup platform for women. For more information on our guests, this podcast, and many other female founder programs, please visit womenentrepreneurs.global. I'm your host, Fernanda Carapina. See you next week.